I'm Liz, your host and the wife and mom behind Unedited Motherhood. Together, we'll talk about all the struggles that we face as adults. Nothing is off limits. We'll uncover important truths and maybe even learn some tips to make our lives a little simpler and a lot more enjoyable. Thanks for joining me. Sometimes it can be difficult to find all of your favorite healthy pantry items at the same grocery store, or even visiting two or three stores. With your Thrive Market membership, you can find any healthy snack or pantry item you could ever want. You can shop by gluten-free, dairy-free, organic, AIP, vegan, and more. Thrive Market has something for everyone. And not just something, lots of things. They sell cookies, pasta and pasta sauces, salad dressing, nut butter, milk alternatives, granola, cooking and baking oil, coffee, soup, cereal, jelly, sugar and sugar alternatives, chocolate chips, crackers, spices, dried fruit, nuts, and more. In addition to more than 2,700 food items, they also carry supplements, cleaning supplies, makeup, toiletries, and more, all on the natural spectrum. I have been using Thrive for over three years, and I still look forward to getting their boxes in the mail. Every order over $49 ships free, always. In addition, you can earn extra Thrive credit by supporting different featured brands each month. Not only do they have some of the best items on the market, but with your Thrive Market membership, you get these items at a discounted rate, making them cheaper than you could find them at the grocery store. Use my link in the show notes to receive 25% off your first order. Happy Tuesday, everyone. So glad you're here to join us on week two of our Let's Talk Baby series. Today, we're talking about diapering. Originally, this was just going to be a cloth diapering episode, but when I started doing my homework, I started to be super fascinated with the history of disposable diapers alongside the history of cloth diapering. So this episode kind of evolved as it was being created. So we're just going to dive right in. First of all, I found this super fascinating and had no idea because I never studied etymology, but the word diaper changed from its original meaning to mean what it does today, which is, you know, what we put on our baby's bums to contain their elimination. Um, But Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines a diaper as a fabric with a distinctive pattern usually a linen or cotton, um, or just in general, an overall pattern consisting of one or more small repeated designs, such as geometric figures, connecting one another or growing out of one another with continuously flowing or straight lines. So diaper used to only refer to this pattern of shapes or geometric figures that were, you know, continual. Um, And because of the nature of original diapers, people started calling diapers diapers. Um, That may seem really nerdy or dorky that I find that interesting, but I do. Um, And then in the UK, they called them nappies because they were like nap time cloths um, because uh, Europe used to generally follow EC. They didn't have put anything on their babies until, you know, they went down um, to sleep. So they called them nappies, which, you know, I found that interesting too. So by definition, what people were using to make what we call diapers was actual diaper material. 
super dorky as I'm saying this out loud now. Um, so let's move on. We're going to do a history of cloth and disposable diapers. Um, it won't be as in depth as a history of um, baby feeding that I did last week, but I do still want to cover some of these things because I found it super fascinating. Um, I learned a lot more than I thought I was going to in doing my homework for this episode. So let's back it up like we did last week. We're going to back it up all the way to the beginning of time. History shows us that people used things like milkweed, grass, animal skins, and random other things, whatever people had access to in their um, territory and environments, to diaper, quote-unquote diaper, their babies. Some people used kind of the ancient form of elimination communication, which was just leaving their baby naked, um, watching their baby for cues to collect their elimination or to, you know, move them outside or whatever. It wasn't until the late 1800s that cloth diapers or diapers in general were actually mass produced. Until that point, people had to figure out their own diaper situation. So beginning sometime near the early 1800s, this was just a piece of cloth or linen wrapped around the baby's bum. Um, Different, um, you know, tribes and peoples around the world kind of used a different method. But in 1849, a man named Walter Hunt invented the safety pin to fasten the cloth around baby. So that was the first kind of universal diaper idea was to take, you know, the cloth that they were using and actually pin it together. So that was pretty revolutionary for that time because that allowed people to, um, you know, fasten the cloth together to make more user-friendly diaper. 40 years later in 1887, Maria Allen invented the first mass-produced diaper. So Maria Allen's design for a mass-produced diaper was still just the inner part of a diaper. Now, when we say the word diaper today, we think of totally contained, um, leak-proof, all of that. But really, the word diaper is just the absorbency material that's used. So for cloth diapering people, the word diaper is literally just the fabric on the inside of the shell that absorbs the moisture. So when Maria Allen invented this mass-produced diaper in 1887, this was still just the concept of the cloth with the pins. Um, There still wasn't anything waterproof or anything to keep all of the wetness contained. From 1887 until the 1940s, people were continuing to search for a diaper cover to contain baby's wetness. People used things like rubber pants and wool. And what they would do is wrap their babies. In Europe, they would swaddle their babies, like each limb and then around their bodies. And then they would wrap something around the baby to contain all of the swaddle cloth. And then they wouldn't change their babies for like three days. Same with the rubber pants and the wool. People would cover their babies and then not change or clean them for several days. And so babies started getting you know, infections and rashes, and it was super unsanitary, and they realized that there was a necessity over time. They started realizing there was a necessity to changing the diapers more frequently. Now, in World War II, starting around 1935, um, this brought the need for women to enter the workforce, causing them to fall behind with diapering and laundry and household duties. So during World War II and then continuing after, diaper delivery services totally blew up. 
Um, they brought fresh linens and, you know, cotton, the diaper part, the diapers, and then picked up the soiled laundry. Now, just a little while later in 1946, Marion Donovan invented the classic cloth diaper cover, also used as an original design for disposables, too. She was fed up with wet babies, clothes, and bedding in the middle of the night, so she nicknamed it and it took on the name Boater, and it was originally made from her shower curtain. Late one night, she cut up a shower curtain, and she wrapped it around the diaper, and eventually later added snaps onto it, and the first diaper shell was born. The first waterproof diaper shell was born. She later sold the patent for this invention in 1951 for $1 million. Woo! That is monumental for a woman in the 50s to sell an invention like that for a million dollars. Way to go, Marion Donovan. The 1950s were pivotal years for diaper evolution, as were the 60s. 1950 brought about the traditional prefold diaper, which is fabric, you know, folded over into multi-layers to be more absorbent. Um, not only for cloth diapers, but also for disposables. Um, the first disposable diapers also entered the market in the 50s. Now they hit different parts of the world in different times. I think it was the late 40s that it hit overseas. Um, and then later in the 1950s, they came to the US. Procter and Gamble was one of the original major players in the disposable diapering community, as they still are today. Think Loves and Pampers. And their diaper design came out in 1961. So during the 1960s to the 1980s, disposables blew up. The disposable diaper changed from the different materials that they use for absorbency. It went from paper tissue or tissue paper to cellulose tissue. And then finally, in the 80s, diapers landed at um, SAPs, which is super absorbent polymers. They were so absorbent that they were able to reduce the size of the diaper by 50%. This era also brought about the hourglass design the tape around the waist to secure the diaper and the elastic around the legs for a better fit, all within like 20 years. With the rapid changes of disposable diapers, there were equal advancements with cloth diapering as well. Cloth diapers abandoned the squares of cotton in the plastic covers and evolved into the better fitting, washable, and cute cloth diapers that we know and love today. Even still, today, every year, both cloth diapers and disposable diapers are changing and for the better. So that kind of catches us up um, on the history. I do want to rewind a little bit now and talk about some statistics when it comes to disposable diaper waste because it's kind of insane. So in 1970, so this was about 10 years after the first major disposable diaper was uh, mass-produced and distributed throughout the country. This was Pampers. Um, American babies, in 1970, American babies went through 350,000 tons of disposable diapers, making up 0.3% of the U.S. municipal waste. Ten years later, American babies wear 1.93 million tons of disposables, making up 1.4% of waste. Ten more years later, now we're in 1990, disposable diapers now constitute 1.6% of municipal waste. And also in 1990, out of Americans polled, 7 in 10 people said they would support the ban of disposables. 
But around this time, companies got smart, marketing got smart, and in 1999, Pampers funded pediatrician uh, T. Barry Brazelton tells parents not to rush toilet training. And the following year in 2000, diapers composed 2% of municipal waste. Now, as of today in 2021, that number is 3%, and that may not sound like a lot. It's a lot. It's right behind food, actually. And although diapers are quote-unquote biodegradable, diapers put into the landfill today will take until the year 2500 to biodegrade. Yes, that is 500 years is their uh, timeline for biodegradation. So while disposable diapers still have the run of the market today, more and more people are turning to cloth diapering or elimination communication. So elimination communication, or EC as it's commonly known, has been around for centuries like we talked about, you know, before modern or even old style cloth diapers were uh, around. But they've recently been, this process, EC, has recently been modernized to accommodate Western culture. This method reduces or eliminates completely the need for diapers in babies and toddlers, teaching them toilet training from as young as birth. Uh, most people use like a top hat potty or um, like a potty chair that you can put on the floor. And there's this whole method for watching your baby for cues on when they need to pee and poop and knowing like uh, natural baby timing for when they're going to need to eliminate to catch it to teach them when to do it. And people see results with babies being completely out of diapers anywhere between like seven or eight months up to, you know, two years and beyond. So with all that being said, now you have a little bit of a brief history. Maybe you knew all of that already. Maybe like me, a lot of that was news to you. I really enjoyed that information. Um, I did do a survey with some moms um, about their cloth diapering experiences, and I wanted to share some of the things that I heard from them because it was super interesting. First thing I asked was some of the reasons that they started cloth diapering in the first place. Um, here, I'm just going to rattle off some of their answers. Eco-friendly, non-toxic, cute, cost-effective, the chemicals and disposables, and to reduce their waste which pretty much sums up a majority of the reasons that people would cloth diaper. Um, I can't really think of any other reasons. I cloth diapered on and off with both of my kids over the last four years, um, and that pretty much covers all the reasons why I did as well. Next question I asked was, did you ever struggle with cloth diapering, and what is your advice to someone out there that is struggling? For this, um, People gave a little bit more of individual responses, so I'm just going to read off several different ones. Finding the right fit for your babies can be a challenge. They need changed more often, and it's okay to use disposables when needed. Super practical advice. Um, cloth diapering can be super intimidating, especially if you have a super busy schedule and your kids are out and about with you a lot. Um, feel free to do a mix of cloth diapering and disposable diapering because it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Next response was, it's been so much easier than I thought it would. 
took a week or two to get used to it, but we quickly got in a rhythm. Their next piece of advice was to use Branch Basics to wash because it's absolutely amazing and to buy more wet bags, which for those of you that don't cloth diaper um, is just, you know, the bag that you put the soiled diapers in kind of like a laundry bag until they're ready to be washed. Generally, they have like a, a pull tie on them to close the bag up so that they don't stink. Next person said their biggest struggle has been washing and their advice is if what you're doing isn't working, just try something else. Eventually you'll find what works for you. Next person said we struggled a little with leaks, so they researched different insert materials until they found one that worked. Sizing was a little hard at times too because little one was small, but with the bum genius pockets, they had a lot of snaps to keep modifying the size. Two more people also said that struggling with leaks, especially at night, was their biggest trouble. And what they did was find support and try different inserts until they found an absorbency that worked well for their baby. And from my experience as well, this was my biggest issue. And it can be overwhelming to start cloth diapering, but like these people all said, and I wish I had all of this advice that I got from this survey when I first started because you you do research and you find a method and you say, oh, this person did it this way, so I'm just going to utilize their method and kind of streamline my process. But everybody's experience is different. Everybody uses different material inserts, different brand diapers, have, um, you know, babies that have different elimination, you know, patterns. So you can't follow one, you know, recommendation and expect it to work perfectly for your family as well. So just be really easy going with the process was the general feedback from that. You know, find find the problem and then just work through it and be willing to try different things and not get frustrated with one thing not going the way you thought it was going to. So out of the six women that I surveyed, five of them were doing cloth diapers with um, their first or one child um, from anywhere between eight months and two years. And then out of the, the six, the one other person had been doing it for 18 years and had cloth diapered with eight babies. So then I asked them all what advice they had for someone that was interested in cloth diapering. Um, and I'm just going to read a few of these as well. It's not all or nothing. There's no perfect diaper. So don't don't overcommit. It may be right for one season and not for another Don't be afraid to try. Talk to other moms who have used them too. Get a few different diapers at a time to see what you like. Don't buy your whole set before the baby is born. Do it. Invest in a few more diapers than you might think and don't be afraid to spend a little money up front. Good quality diapers will last through your whole diaper time. Nail down your wash routine before you even think about putting your babe in cloth. I love that because the wash routine is next to leaks is by far what most people struggle with. So the last question I asked them was their favorite resources for cloth diapering help and support. Um, the, the number one site that I have heard throughout my experience and one of the ones that came up in the survey as well was Fluff Love University. Nor's Nursery and most cloth diaper brands will have a website that has a lot of support as well. Somebody said uh, mom's advice on Pinterest utilize friends that have done cloth diapering. Um, I personally talked to my aunt and my mom who both cloth diapered and used the wisdom from their days. There wasn't Google or Pinterest or, you know, internet 
easily accessible internet in general for them to turn to. So they had to be resourceful. And that was empowering to me to kind of figure things out for myself. And one other person said, take all the advice you see with a grain of salt as there are a lot of conflicting opinions. So there's a couple different websites like Fluff Love University, which are just completely cloth diapering support websites. And everybody has their own opinion use you know, only use powder detergent, only use liquid detergent, you know, don't strip them, strip them, don't use microfiber, microfiber is the best, you know, you, you just have to kind of go into it open-minded and find what works for you. So those were just a few of the questions that I asked in the survey. If you enjoyed this, uh, visit the blog for the full survey questions and responses. I'm going to put them on there. If you want to see more advice from these lovely ladies, Um, And then to close us out today, it's a short episode. I wanted to share a piece of diaper trivia with you guys. It's more like than trivia, but I thought it was interesting nonetheless and worth sharing. Each child in the U.S. that wears disposable diapers creates one ton of waste each year. So that's per baby. One baby for one year of diapering of disposables creates one ton or 2,000 pounds of waste. I know a lot of people think that cloth diapering is icky and ooey and that it's kind of new agey, but honestly, the, the disposable diapers are the experiment and the new thing. And I really think that it's important for everybody to make an educated and um, thoughtful decision on what's best for their family, but to also consider, you know, the, the consequences that come with choosing disposables and no judgment. I've used disposables for most of my son's year of life. Um, and it's because I started with cloth the day he was born and, you know, at only a couple of weeks old, the diapers were already leaking and I ran into this problem with my first daughter, which is why after like a year and a half, I switched to disposables with her too. And I was so discouraged and overwhelmed as a mom of two. And so I switched to disposables, but doing this episode and doing my homework has really challenged me to maybe revisit the method that I was using and the materials that I was using and maybe switching it up and trying cloth diapering again because I try to be conscious of the waste that my family produces and that statistic really freaked me out. So that's a wrap. (laughs) Um, One more fun thing that might come from this episode is that I was looking for something fun to do Um, like a fun diapering kind of segment. And the only thing I could come up with was diaper trivia. So I actually did find two diapering quizzes online that uh, incorporated a lot of the history that I found and also even had some things on there that I hadn't come across in like the 20 something uh, articles that I read. So they were fun and it was fun to see which ones I got right and wrong. And I also learned a little bit more. So I will put the links to those in the show notes and also up on the blog so that if you guys are interested in the history, a little bit more of the history of cloth diapering and disposable diapers, you can take the quiz and learn a little bit. So that's it. This episode was a little bit more short and sweet and to the point. I really just wanted to do a generic 
diapering episode because it's something that every mom faces um, regardless of what method you use and I thought it might be just a fun sneak peek into um, that topic. We can definitely go more in depth on cloth diapering or elimination communication in a future episode if that's something that you guys would be interested in. But until then, have a great week and next week we will be back with baby sleep. Have a great week.